Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this emergency edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined alongside by Jordan Climack. And, and Jordan, after recording our, our podcast last night, you know, we talked about maybe it might be time for Case Keenum, given the injury situation with Baker Bayfield and how he's performing. And we officially got word that that is what is going to happen Adam Schefter tweeting out this morning that Case Keenum will indeed be the starter for the Browns and Baker Mayfield will miss his first start in his entire career due to injuries. So my question to you is pretty simple, Jordan. Do you think this is the right move for the Browns here? I do. Um, Henry, I I just think it was time, Um, you know, Baker had been limited. He'd been compromised in this play in the past couple of weeks and it had showed, um, you know, we got about a quarter, two quarters into the game on Sunday. And I was already saying like, Hey man, like Baker's just missing wide open guys. Like there's something clearly wrong physically and mentally at this point. Um, and I, and I said in that game, I think it was time to see what case Keenum had. Um, because you know, the question has been Henry, um, would you rather have a banged up Baker or a healthy case Keenum. And I feel like it was kind of a 50, 50 split for Browns fans. Um, you know, half of them wanted to see what case Keenum has. And the other half was like, look, six is our guy. We're going to ride or die with him. We're going to roll with him. We're going to roll with the punches. We're going to roll with the good and the bad. But I think that the Browns looked at this from a situation of like, look, we're so compromised as it is with all these injuries. Um, I think it's just time. There's no sense in putting Baker out there and look, this is a very, very important game for the Browns to win. Ultimately, though, Henry, I do think it was the right decision. My question with this decision is who made the decision? Because we were on the podcast yesterday, and I was talking about, like, I was disappointed to listen to Baker Mayfield's press conference yesterday and hear him kind of be like, hey, this is on me. Like, it's up to me if I want to play, and it's up to me if I'm going to play. So, like, did all of a sudden Baker, like, go through – because he practiced yesterday in a limited fashion. So, like, did he practice yesterday? And then at the end of it, it was like, look, I'm too sore to play. Like, this is, it's not going to happen. Like, I just got to sit this one out. Or did Kevin Stefanski and the powers that be with the Browns come down and like, look, Baker, we appreciate your toughness. We appreciate your willingness to, you know, put your body on the line for your teammates. But at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for the team. And we think that is starting Case Keenum on Thursday. And that's kind of the mindset that I am uh, adapting as my or adopting as my own uh, heading into Thursday night. Well, and part of the the reporting came out too that from, I think it was from Jake Trotter that that. The doctors advised that Baker Mayfield not play, both the team doctors and his own orthopedic surgeon. That was a nugget in the article. And so, may, you know, whether it was Baker listening to them or whether it was the team saying, Baker, the doctors are telling us you shouldn't play, you're not playing. Either way, I think you get, you know, to this result where we're in. And it was kind of part of the, the context of the quote yesterday. He did say, as long as he's not, you know, going to hurt the team. So maybe that's part of it too. So here's the thing. So obviously, you know, with my other job uh, working for ESPN Cleveland, um, we're working with our big voice guy, you know, the guy that does all of our promos, our show intros and outros, that kind of thing. Going to get a shout out on the rebuild here. Pete Gustin, (laughs) my guy based out of San Diego. He's actually a a semi-pro surfer. And I was actually talking with him this morning, getting some promos done for ESPN Cleveland about Case Keenum starting for Baker Mayfield. And this is what he had to say to me, Henry. I'm just going to read this. I have a partially torn labrum in my left shoulder. I'm certainly no pro athlete, but the consult I had with an orthopedic surgeon 
said there is virtually no way to quickly repair that. It's surgery and then up to nine months of low activity. So that's the advice somebody else who isn't a quarterback got from a doctor on a partially torn labrum. So this isn't something that just all of a sudden you snap your fingers and, and you're better. And it's definitely not something that you're better as you keep playing through it, Henry. So I, look, I think it was the right move. Uh, we'll see where Baker's at for that Halloween game against the Steelers. But this certainly sounds like it's going to be an issue that's going to linger around this Cleveland team for the rest of the year. I definitely think so. I mean, we, we had our, our own, you know, uh, uh, doctor on, on this podcast, Jordan, I, I talked with a, a sports specialist briefly, and he said the same thing that, that labrum's basically, you can play uh, for as long as you want with a torn labrum. It's a stability thing as far as what it, you know, it's function within the shoulder. And especially because it's his non-throwing shoulder, he's like, he can play, you know, for the, you know, the rest of the season, whatever, but it won't heal until he has surgery. And you, he said, you know, there are athletes that, you know, I think Odell Beckham Jr. said this, that he's had it for years. And there are plenty of athletes that, that tear their labrum and just don't get it repaired until their career is over because of the recovery time. So that may not be an option for Baker, uh, given the position he's playing and the possibility that it's affecting him. But it's one of those things where, yeah, it's not going to get better, which makes you wonder you know, is this a situation where they're already thinking about, hey, if Baker tries to stick it out the rest of the season, it doesn't get surgery until the offseason. Will he be ready for next year? Are they already thinking long term? And could that mean that, that this is the end of Baker's season ultimately, Jordan? Yeah, I don't know, Henry. I don't think that they're going to be willing to go that far yet. And look, I think Baker Mayfield's a guy, you know, Case Keenum has, is talking to the media as we speak right now. And he was already quoted saying like, look, this is a guy, like one of the toughest guys I've ever met. Like he, he's, he would have to get hit by like a train for him not to play. Interesting because he's not playing. So it's like, did he get hit by a train? <laughs> but um, I mean, that's just kind of the guy he is. I mean, that's the guy we've known Henry. He hasn't missed a start in his NFL career. Um, very similar to Jarvis Landry in that fashion. The guy that's played through a bunch of injuries, played through pain for, three or four years now. So I don't think he's a guy that you can keep out. And I, I definitely don't see IR becoming a possibility because like you said, and like I said, like this is a, this is an injury that would be solved by IR. Um, sure. It would probably be a little bit less brutal, but you come back that first game off the IR and you get hit on that shoulder again. And, and it's the same thing. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's tough to say. I think, th I think we're have to hold judgment on like, who we want to quarterback this team going forward until the end of that game uh, tomorrow night. But the fact of the matter is, Henry, if, if Case Keenum comes out, balls out with, you know, without Jack Conklin, without Jedrick Wills, without potentially Odell Beckham Jr., without potentially Jarvis Landry, without Kareem Hunt, without Nick Chubb, basically the entire offense other than the tight end room. If, he's, if, if Case comes out and has a hell of a game with all of those guys out, I do think it's going to be, become a question as to like, is he the guy moving forward? And we know how Brown's Twitter is, how, how recklessly they talk. And I think there are going to be a lot of people, if Case Keenum plays well tomorrow, that are going to be saying that he should be the guy moving forward, whether that's right or wrong. Yeah, I, I, part of this does feel a little bit like the Browns, you know, and again, we don't know who ultimately made the decision, but if it was the Browns, where it was a situation of, hey, we're going to see what we have here for the next couple games with Case Keenum. And, and real quick, too, real quick, Henry, I, I feel like we, 
I feel like, like, obviously it's not going to be reported. Um, we'd have to wait to hear from Kevin Stefanski on it. And I doubt he would even tell us, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that it was the Browns decision, right? I mean, just based off of the Baker Mayfield press conference yesterday. I, I definitely think they, they had a role in it, whether it was them combined with the doctors and, and that kind of convinced Baker that, uh, that, but yeah, just, just based on the tone of the press conference yesterday, I think you definitely do get that vibe. And, and part of the reason I think it, that makes sense is number one, you know, he's clearly going to be extremely sore after the hits he took on, on Sunday. So if there was ever a time even for him to miss one game, you get the mini buy, this would be it. But also uh, what I was just about to say is that you play Keenum for a couple games here. And if he's okay, if he's serviceable, you have Baker get the surgery now. So he's ready for next season. And then, then you're set going forward. If Case Keenum's not serviceable, you say, hey, we've got a great roster. Let's put Baker back in there. And then he'll have the surgery in the offseason. And he may be limited, you know, at the beginning of next season. But we have a full offseason to figure out, you know, what we would do for a backup in the meantime, that kind of thing, if, if Keenum's not able to come in and kind of tie things over. That's that's the way I read it about how this could be beneficial to the Browns. It's kind of like, hey, if we get a couple games out of Case Keenum here, we'll kind of know where we're at going forward for the future because it, it seems like at this point you know uh, baker mayfield is destined for surgery one way or the other because you know not only does he have the the torn labrum but even josina anderson reported today that and i don't know if you saw this jordan that there's some other stuff clearly that that's part of this as well uh, i think the exact phrasing was uh, that mayfield is dealing with more than just the labrum and that became more prevalent this morning too and he mentioned in his press conference, some other stuff is frayed in there. So I don't know if that's, you know, the rotator cuff or other parts of the shoulder, but it just seems like at this point, based on the dislocations, the issue with the labrum, the other stuff that, that they're referring to, that at some point Baker is going to have to have, you know, an operation on that shoulder. Without question. And I mean, Henry, you're talking about from a future standpoint, I mean, this is a contract year for Baker. I mean, you know, if he's hurt and he's not able to go the rest of the year and like, where are you at? Because you didn't get like we, we talked about on the last pod, right? Like the Browns, the way they looked at it, the way, you know, Baker hasn't gotten a contract yet. They were saying they want those 16 or 17 more data points, as you said yesterday, to kind of assess the situation of the contract. If this becomes a situation where Baker just can't play, then you don't have those data points. And so what is, this makes it a harder decision from a front office standpoint if this injury continues to linger. And even if even if he does play, Henry, and we know he's playing compromise, like how much of that can you really take at face value for evaluating him for contract extension down the line? Yeah, it, it complicates things and it doesn't complicate things at the same time, because I feel like this almost just takes the, the long term extension off the table unless Baker's going to take a major discount. So I feel like you ultimately get to the point where it's franchise tag. It's just him playing it out on this fifth year option or Baker taking a discount. Like I find it hard to believe that the Browns are going to, after not giving him a contract extension last offseason, are going to be like, oh, you got hurt. We didn't see anything. Now we're going to pony up the big bucks. So it, 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 in right, some ways, right. <laughs> it, does, it does bring in like the franchise tag option and, and some of the other stuff we thought like probably wouldn't be a possibility after this season. Like we kind of thought it would go one way or the other. But at the same time, it also, I feel like, eliminates the, the big payday uh, option too. Yeah, it's really just, I mean, there's another way to put it. It's it's kind of, it's just a crappy situation for all, all parties involved. Baker, the, the team, the fans. I mean, 
Henry, we talked about like in the off season and, you know, we talked about this on our, on my radio show and all of that as well of like, what are the two things that can really hinder the Browns season and, and, and kind of crush it? And the main thing that I came out and said right off the bat was injuries. And everyone's no, no, you can't say injuries, can't say injuries. That's too easy. But like that was the number one thing. And it has been the number one thing so far. And I don't know how any time when these injuries are going to turn around, Henry. But I mean, I guess the silver lining in this is I I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I believe Case Keenum, I think last year he was the highest paid backup in the NFL. And I want to say he's still that guy this year, but maybe not. Maybe someone else got a contract in the offseason. But nonetheless, he's, he's at the top. And, and, you, and you give a guy that kind of money for this exact reason. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I think I, I saw somewhere he's third at this point with some weird okay. you know, kind of like exceptions. Like Marcus Mariota, I think from the Raiders, has a, an extension that was slightly above him. And then somebody else who's kind of a, a pseudo starter is escaping me who the top paid backup is. But it's kind of like one of those guys that's half a starter, half not. Uh, and so the, those get to be a little bit of a distinction, but yeah, let's, let's turn to that. Let's turn to case Keenum because yeah, Baker's obviously going to miss this game and we can get into all the, the, the long-term stuff, but in the immediate, the Browns have to, to play a game on Thursday and they have to do it with case Keenum as the quarterback, Jordan. He has barely played for the Browns. You know, he's in his career so far, you know, as the backup for a season and a half pretty much hasn't. Yeah, he's appeared in four games. He's thrown 13 passes. He's 6-13 to 13 for 52 yards. So uh, what do you expect to see out of Case Keenum on Thursday night? I expect a conservative offense. I don't think that you – know, it's not going to be any different from, I feel like, the offense that we've seen this year, Henry. I mean, what really sucks is – you know, the best friend to a quarterback who's trying to figure it out is always the run game. And the Browns are going to have their, you know – double-headed monster of backfield with Chubb and Hunt, and they're going to have to rely on Dearness Johnson. So I look for a lot of West Coast-style quick hits, the screens. Um, I think, you know, we'll see Felton. They'll get creative with Felton in the backfield. I think we'll see a lot of tight end screens, as we know Stefanski loves. But at the end of the day, I think you can at least trust Case Keenum to come in and get the job done. I think I saw his numbers were like, since he took the Vikings to the NFC Championship in 2018 or 2019, uh, one of those years, um, I think he's like five and 17 or seven and 17 as a starter since then. Uh, it's one of those two. So not, not very good in, in terms of, of record since then. But the fact of the matter is he knows Kevin Stefanski's system. I think he was brought in for that reason, a guy that can teach the system to Baker, a guy that knows it, a guy that you can turn to in a situation like this and not have to ask the world of him because he's been in the situation before. So he's a veteran, Henry. I expect him to have a solid game. I don't think it's going to be anything astronomical, like jumping off the stat sheet. Like I don't think we're going to see Case Keenum throw for 350 yards and like four touchdowns tomorrow. I don't think anyone's expecting that. I think somewhere around the, you know, 20 to 25 passing attempts, um, you know, 175 to 225 yards, somewhere in there maybe a touchdown sprinkled in Henry, but I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen from the Browns offense so far because we hadn't really seen them being taken shots down the field with Baker Mayfield and how compromised he's been. So I, I look for a lot more of the same from Kevin Stefanski and his play calling. And I trust that Case Keenum can get the job done because he's been in this offense before and he's been a guy who's been called up, called upon to step up in a situation like this before. And that's a luxury to have. 
right? I mean, we can sit here and talk about how, how much it sucks that Baker's out and all this. The fact is the Browns have a, a, a little bit of a luxury piece in Case Keenum, a guy that you can kind of just plug and play and hope to get similar results. Yeah, I, and I think that's the key. And that's always what I look for in backups is, is can, you know, are they an approximation of, of the starter? Like, I think that's why, you know, Robert Griffin III makes sense to be the backup for Lamar Jackson, right, in, in Baltimore. And I know he's not anymore. But you get that, that duplicity where it's like, okay, he's obviously not Lamar Jackson, but he kind of does some similar stuff. 80% of our offense can work like that. And that's how I feel with Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield. Like, Case Keenum's always been a decently mobile quarterback, so, you know, those bootlegs, the, that kind of stuff where you get him on the run, he's very comfortable in, in Kevin Stefanski's offense that way. He doesn't have the arm talent of, of Baker Mayfield, but like we've been talking about for the last several weeks, Baker hasn't really been utilizing that for the deep shots anyway. So I don't think you're going to see a crazy, crazy difference. Uh, you know, the challenge, I understand the optimism. The optimistic side of you would say this. In 2017, Case Keenum ran Kevin Stefanski's offense and was very, very successful. He was eighth in EPA. He was uh, the seventh graded quarterback in PFF that year. I think he threw for 3,500 yards and had a really successful season. And the Vikings won a bunch of games. Since then, you know, he was in Denver. It didn't go very well. He was in Washington. It didn't really go well. I think it'll kind of be in between those two. I think, you know, there's naturally some deterioration that, that comes with Keenum's age and some of his physical limitations where he's not going to be able to use his athleticism quite the way he did when he was younger. But I also think he's comfortable in this offense. I expect that, that he'll make some of the easy throws and the Browns will be serviceable on offense. Like you said, the problem is he doesn't have exactly a great supporting cast around him right now. That may improve if we see him beyond this game, but right now, Thursday night, that, that is the biggest challenge for him. Yeah, the elephant in the room, of course, Henry, is Odell Beckham Jr. And he's questionable as it stands right now with that shoulder injury. But if he is able to play and and Case Keenum is able to find something with him, how wide open Odell has been, and just the lack of ability for the Browns to get him the ball, particularly Baker Mayfield. If Case Keenum is able to come into this game, Henry, and, and we're able to see some things, if Odell is able to go for, you know, seven for 85 and a touchdown and he's making crucial catches in crucial situations and Keenum's not having an issue getting him the ball, then that becomes a whole conversation in itself. And quite frankly, I don't think I'm ready for that conversation yet, but if that's what happens tomorrow at night, it's going to be a conversation we have to have. I do think uh, Odell Beckham would be a huge uh, asset uh, to Keenum if he can play, because I think a lot of this offense is going to be yards after the catch like it has all season. Uh, Keenum is another guy that loved his tight ends in Minnesota. And we know that, you know, even if the Browns receivers are banged up, that they're going to have Nchoku out there, they're going to have Hooper out there. So I think Keenum's got to turn to those guys and hope they can make some plays too. And like we said, you know, this Denver defense is good, but some of the shine has worn off them a little bit. You know, they lose Bradley Chubb opposite Von Miller. Uh, they've got some, you know, some good players on that team. Uh, the linebacker Alexander Johnson's been really solid, but the secondary has been, eh, they've been fine. So it's not like Keenum's, you know, uh, going out and facing the 85 Bears either on this side of the football. So I do think there'll be some options for him. You know, just like the, the case with Baker Mayfield, I, I think the challenge too for him is he, he may not have a lot of time to throw back there. Uh, you know, you do, it is a little better when at least he's coming into this game healthy. 
He's not banged up, uh, so maybe he's willing to stand in there a little more. But that's really where my biggest concern lies with this offense, whether it's Keenum, whether it's Baker. Not having either a left tackle or right tackle is going to be, I, I think, the, the ultimate challenge here. Yeah, did you see what Von Miller had to say about that, by the way? He's like, yeah. I'm going to – what do you say? I'm going to eat those guys or whatever. Like, I'm going to kill them. I think he said he's going to kill them. And it's like, dude, I think you got handled pretty well by a backup tackle last week. So I don't know what you're talking about. But, I mean, at the same time, it is a little scary to think about Von Miller going up against potentially James Hudson. It's not it's not an ideal matchup for the Browns. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I you know, Von Miller, uh, he said something about how he didn't know the tackle he was going up against, too. And I was like, fair. You know, most Browns fans probably didn't know who uh, play, or I mean, maybe they did from the draft. They probably didn't expect to see James Hudson on the field this season. Uh, a whole lot. And, and here he is. Jordan, I have one last question to ask you before we go. And that's if Baker is done for the season, you know, and Keenum does struggle, like say Baker has to have surgery or anything like that, uh, you know, and they ultimately can't, uh, you know, rely on Keenum. Do you think it's worth it to explore other options? Uh, I've seen, you know, some names to throw out there. Cam Newton, of course, it will be a name everybody throws out there nah. know, stylistically. But what about like guys more in the Keenum mold of like a, a Nick Foles, a Mitch Trubisky, anybody like that stand out to you as somebody that the Browns should consider, you know, trading for at this point if they don't have another quarterback, uh, you know, uh, besides Keenum on the roster? I don't think so, Henry. And then, of course, you run the risk of. Well, here's the other issue with that, too. The Browns bye week is so late in the season. That, you know, if it was midway through the season, you can maybe bring a guy in that week, practice him up for two weeks, get him somewhat familiar with the playbook and the schemes that we're going to run offensively. But I just don't think that's a realistic situation at this point. I think the Browns bye week is like week 12. They have the latest bye week in the NFL. So I don't see possibility. And, and I, I've seen the Cam Newton name floated around on Twitter and it missed me with that nonsense. I, I've watched Cam Newton play for the last three years. I saw him in person a couple of years ago. He can't – He healthy, he can't throw the ball further than Baker Mayfield can hurt. Like, did we forget that Cam Newton just, like, pretty much doesn't have an arm anymore from his own shoulder injuries that he's dealt with? Like, he just can't throw the ball down the field. And that was evident last year uh, with New England, and they let him go for a rookie. So, I, I don't know, Henry. I, I don't think that that's an option for the Browns. Uh, basically, and I hate to say this, but if it got to a point where either, you know, Baker had to have surgery, Keenum got banged up, up or he was just playing awful I, I think you would have to ride it out with someone on the Browns roster maybe the practice squad or uh, I don't know if Kyle Laletta is still around or not um, you have to figure it out from that standpoint and kind of just punt on the year at that point and then kind of readdress that situation in the offseason I'm right there with you I, I throw it out because I, I had already seen that conversation starting but Number one, I'm not sure any of those names I just threw out there, uh, they're even going to be better than Keenum to begin with. But even if, you know, they have marginally more talent, Keenum has been in this offense. He knows the system. He can execute it. Trying to plug somebody into that on the fly, I think, would be extremely, extremely difficult. And I didn't even think about the bye week part of that, too. So that's a great point. Like, I just can't see a way in which you really can integrate somebody like that into the system at this point in this season. So... I think at this point, you know, the Browns have signed Case Keenum for this reason, and you got to go out and hope he can execute. And if he can't, you know, you're look, it's it's you're you're already down to your backup quarterback. Most teams aren't making moves. I know, you know, that Nick Foles 
Eagles are out there, but that is the exception that, that proves the rule that most teams when they're down to their backup quarterback, their season is pretty much over. And, and that may very well be the case for the Browns. One quick correction to you. I was trying to think who the other backup quarterback is. It's Andy Dalton because Justin Fields now being the starter, Andy Dalton's making $10 million yeah. a year. technically yeah. paid more than <laughs> Keenum. But like, that's one of those, again, it's like, okay, he's like half the backup, but like not really the same thing. Exactly. And real quick before we sign off too, I, I'm looking at the line right now. I think it was, was it minus three and a half to start Henry? Do you know off the top of your head? So it opened at minus favor six. Of the Browns. Yeah. So it like opened originally, originally at minus six, but then yeah, immediately yeah. bet down to three and a half when there was a thought that, that Baker, this was before we knew if Baker was going to play or not. It was just like three and a half because maybe he will, or maybe he'll be super banged up if he is going. And so it has moved all the way down to two and a half. Um, Browns are still favored two and a half. Um, total points, 41 and a half. Just your thoughts on that real quick. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's a major difference between what we are going to get out of Baker and get out of Case Keenum as far as the line movement. So I think that's, you know, a point seems fair, you know, and obviously when Baker, you know, they didn't realize he was quite this banged up, as I said, it was originally six. And so then, you know, they downgraded Baker for the injury and then downgraded a little bit more for Keenum. I think that's about right. Now, the Browns being favored in this game, that would be where I question the line in general yeah. is, I don't know about that. I, at this point, it's I, it's going to be an ugly game. I mean, 41's an extremely low total, and maybe they're, you know, the idea here is that the Browns are home. It's a, a spot where if they still believe as a team that they're you know in this thing, that they've got to get it done, and so there's going to be a level of desperation from them, but... I'm looking at the personnel on the offensive side of the ball, and this feels like a pick em game at best for me, Jordan, just because uh, the Browns, I just don't see how they're going to move the football a whole lot. Yeah, and I, I don't know how this data off the top of my head or in front of me, but 41 and a half, like, that's got to be the lowest point total for an NFL game this year. I, I can't remember seeing one lower than 41 and a half. Definitely has got to be right up there. I know there's, I've seen some, some in the low 40s for sure in my betting time. Uh, the Bears played in one of those. Uh, the Jets Falcons game was a pretty low total. I think it was mm -hmm. at like 42 or 42 and a half, but uh, it's got to be, I, you know what it was? it was? It was Bears Broncos was right about it at this number two. So okay. that gives you a, a sense of where <laughs> the Vegas thinks the Browns offense is going to be is right about at, at that Bears offense that we saw in week three. So that's kind of the, uh, that, that, that's where they're at right now. There's no other way to put it. I, you know, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick the Broncos, Jordan, just because of the injuries, but we don't even know the injury situation in full yet. So it's hard to even still make a yeah. prediction about who's going to be, you know, active and not. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And I, I just think, you know, in general, when you're looking at this game, I don't expect to see fireworks. Um, I think this is going to be one of those low score grinded out AFC North type type matchups. I know it's AFC North versus AFC West, but I just think it's going to be come down to defense, Henry, maybe which team can score on defense. It, it has one of those type of games written all over it, but, It'll certainly be interesting to see how things play out tomorrow because win or lose, Henry, there's going to be a lot of talk. There's going to be a lot of scuttlebutt surrounding this game. Yes, there is. Uh, I think ultimately, too, yeah, we, we talked about the defense a ton yesterday. We haven't talked about them a whole lot today. But if the, uh, if the Browns are going to win, it's going to have to be the defense, uh, you know, really uh, holding it down here against a, a limited Broncos offense because – I, again, I just can't see the offense being an ideal situation here, you know, regardless of quarterback with everything else that's going on. Yeah, man, basically at the point where all we can do is pray, right? So, I mean, 
pray for the best type situation tomorrow night, man. It's kind of where we're at now. Uh, I'll say it as I've been saying for the last three weeks, though. Four and three looks a lot better than three and four. I know that's not breaking news or, you know, that's like the Trent Dilfer, like you can't lose games in the NFL and still win. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is four and three is a lot better than three and four. Yeah, and, and as, as big of news as this is, and I think part of it is because of the, the long-term implications, in the short-term, Jordan, it doesn't change a whole lot about what I think about the game. I mean, it, like we've been saying, you know, about a point difference in Vegas in general, you know, uh, Keenum, uh, you know, slightly more limited, but it's kind of all going to be the same. So a lot of the stuff we said on yesterday's podcast, you know, and if Brown fans, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. But, you know, a lot of that same stuff, I think, still applies to this game plan. We'll just have to see how it all plays out on Thursday night. And, of course, we'll, we'll react to, and see what happens. Yes, we will, Henry. I'm, it's like kind of one of those things where I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also not. I just have a feeling it has one of those things where it's like one of those train wrecks where you, like, can't not watch it. Has that type of vibe to it, and it's kind of scary for me. But uh, I'll be tuned in regardless, and I'll probably be in rare form as I was on Sunday. So see how it plays out. <laughs> yes, we will, Jordan. Last time uh, uh, Jordan mentioned when we got off the podcast that my Go Browns was rather somber, <laughs> which I understand given you know what happened when the Cardinals came. But Browns fans, I've still got optimism. I've still got faith. Like Jordan said, I'll be watching on the edge of my seat tomorrow night. I know all of you guys will too. So until next time, Browns fans, two words for you. Go Browns. Yeah. <laughs>